Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show on the air. We are uh, glad you're on board today. Thanks so much, as always. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Coming to the bottom of the hour this time, we will have uh, Eric Baranchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's going to be joining us. We'll talk with him as uh, we break down what he saw, the film, all that kind of good stuff. So we'll get into all that coming up. By the way, I did go back and looked. So uh, Aaron Rodgers threw... Uh, in his first year, which really you kind of consider a 20, uh, 2008, because drafted in 2005, uh, 2006, 2007, really didn't play too much. He's played in a few games. But his first starting year, 2008, he threw for 4,038 yards. He threw for uh, 28 touchdowns, which uh, Jordan Love has already broken. He threw 11 picks, which Jordan Love is better than right now. His quarterback rating that season was 93.8. So in a lot of – if you really wanted to get into the comparison of numbers, yeah, he had uh, he had a, a pretty solid season. Jordan, Jordan, excuse me, Jordan Love's season has been better, no doubt. Uh, you would assume that he's going to end up with as many, if not more, yards. Uh, his completion percentage, uh, which Aaron Rodgers obviously uh, – or I should say eerily, 63.6%. It's very close to what Jordan Love's was. Now, uh, I just – because people say, what do you not see in Jordan Love that you would like to see? Um, Jordan Love, his knowledge will grow. So that's hard to gauge. But Jordan Love does not have the same flickability arm strength that both Favre and Rodgers had. So when people say he's got the big arm, he does have a good arm, but it's it's not Rodgers and Favre. It's just not. And you don't know if he ever will be. But he's good. How good? Eh, you know, I mean, Hall of Fame good? I don't know. We'll wait and see. We'll, we'll just wait for that story to play out. But he's impressed me. He's played a lot better than I thought he would. And he's deserved uh, the ability for a contract extension. And uh, to say, okay, moving forward, it's going to be Jordan Love's team. Uh, I would not be offended if they took a quarterback or tried to develop better Sean Clifford or took a veteran because I really believe if you look at all the starting quarterbacks that have gone down this season, I, th- I think more than ever general managers are going to look and say, you know, we really got to find somebody who's a quality backup. That if we have a good season and we've got a team that's on the cusp and we've got our quarterback, but our quarterback goes down, we can't just fold our tents and waste everything we've put together, much like, say, the New York Jets did and the the problems they've had trying to keep their season together. Um, even the Giants, to a certain extent, once Daniel Jones went down, they, they've kind of scoured and looked. Same thing with Pittsburgh. Even though Pittsburgh's figured out ways to win games that hasn't necessarily been because of quarterback plays, but more their defense. But you 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 like to be able to say, okay, we've got a legitimate backup as well. If it creates competition and makes both of them better, I'll take it. Who cares? But Jordan Love is is outperformed what I thought he would be. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Uh and I you know, and I'm basing that upon the entirety of the season. Not a game for all the people that come out and go, Where's the haters? which make you sound like a complete moron. Uh, per game, because then the very next game, all of a sudden, you don't, you're nowhere to be found. You, oh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Where are the haters? Because all the haters have the right to be hating this week. It's like, and what is a hater, by the way? 
if you just call things in reality as to what it is, it's just being a realist. However, I digress. But, uh, but yeah, I would give him a contract extension. But he has put up similar numbers to what Aaron Rodgers. It's similar and better, for, for the most part, than what Aaron Rodgers did his first year in comparison. So, uh, good good phone call. Uh, let's go to back to the phone. Speaking of that, let's go to Corey listening to us in Chicago. Corey, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Bill? Doing great, Corey. What you thinking? Man, what I'm really thinking is only down to two guys, and that's Johnny Holland and, uh, and Jim Leonard. If we can't get Jim Leonard, we got to get Johnny Holland. What's missing? With this, with this Packers defense and pretty much the Packers DNA, when when Fred Sherman was was running the Packers in '96, you get what I mean? Yep. And Completely he, agree. And he's a Packers, and he's a Packers guy to run the Packers defense. That's what we need with the, for him to uncall his defense. We need a Packers guy to run a Packers defense. Mm-hmm. I've always liked what he's – just in the very few times I've ever had a chance to either talk with him or listen to him, uh, and I can't say that I've got this wealth of knowledge or this depth of knowledge, but I just have always liked the, kind of philosophically what he's had to say, and I like the fact that he's, for lack of a better term, he's a badass. Uh, you just want that mentality on your defense and not this passivity and this very soft-spoken and you know guy that uh, Joe Barry has been. I, I like the fact that Johnny Holland's kind of a badass. Because I was on a I was on a forty nine podcast, locked on forty nine. Yeah. They all spoke highly of Johnny Holland. And I'm yep. like, wait a minute, is this the same guy that was it was the inside line back for the Packers? Mm-hmm. I'm I like, agree. wait a minute, we got this guy back. Yep. We need a Packers I... guy to run a Packers defense. I have always thought that he would make a good defensive coordinator. Why he hasn't been one, I don't know. Maybe he's had opportunities and turned it down, or maybe there's something there in the interview process, or I, I don't know. But uh, I've always thought if you're going to go after somebody, get him off of a good defense that's been sustainable over the years and find a guy that's got that knowledge, and Johnny Holland would be that guy for me. Yeah, nothing against Al Harris, because Al Harris, you know, he does well with the corners in Dallas. But like yes. you say, he hasn't had the experience under um, the Dallas D.C. right now. He hasn't had enough experience to learn under him, unlike John, Johnny Holland been ro- learning under Robert Saylor and the other coordinator with the 49ers that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I would, I, say, I would agree. That's why I say it's down to two guys for me. It's down yeah. to either Jim Leonard again or Johnny Holland. I would take either one. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, Dan Quinn is the guy, if I'm not mistaken. Dan Quinn is the uh, defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys who brought in Al Harris because Mike McCarthy knew him from here in Green Bay. And, and Al Harris was a quality back. I mean, a good defensive back. Um, you know, obviously the most infamous, you know, interception that he's ever had was right after uh, Flynn says, well, we, we want the ball so we can – was it Flynn? Was it, it wasn't Matt Flynn. Who was it? That uh, said for Seattle, we want the ball so we can score first. Oh, Hasselbeck. <laughs> hey, Matt Hasselbeck, thank you very much, who said, we want the ball, we're going to score first. And uh, then he gets picked off by Al Harris. And the famous call from uh, Wayne Larrabee that says, with dreadlocks in his wake. 
And Al Harris took it to the house, and that was all she wrote. That, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, Matt Hasselbeck. Never forget that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Fort Worth, Texas this time, down to see Scott. Scott, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year to you, brother. You bet. You um, too. Thanks, man. Hey, I just was uh, I was interested in what you thought about this uh, Bo Melton sighting that we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was actually a pretty big fan of Samari Torrey and, and still am. I was rooting for him. But, man, what I saw out of Bo Melton, I know it's only been two games, but from what I've seen in two games out of Bo Melton clearly supersedes what Torrey's done the last two years. So I, I'm kind of wondering, like, how – if if he is truly that explosive and and you know and making all these catches these last two games, how is it that he's been on the practice squad all this time and and right. not uh, the coach has not realized this sooner? Like, hey, this guy's got something where maybe Tory does it. And of course, that fumble by Tory did not do him any favors. No. Uh, you know, on uh, on Sunday night. So, just wondering what you thought about that, and uh, you know, what you thought maybe the coaches were looking at when they decided to keep Tory on the. Uh, active roster and have Bo Melton down there. And then how did nobody else see this in the league to find him off the practice squad? So I'm hey, just curious about that. I, I kind of yep. been a big Bo Melton fan over the weekend. So no, I appreciate it. I, I Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. I get it because Bo Melton, you just, he was a name. He was a guy. He was a roster filler. You know, obviously with Christian Watson down, Dontavian Wicks down, uh, they've had to make some uh, adjustments. Then putting uh, Stokes on the IR. So Melton got his opportunity. And first of all, Samari Torrey goes out there because it was either going to be Keyshawn Nix, who's not normally a punt returner, but more so of a kickoff returner. And then when uh, Jaden Reed went down again uh, in that game, Jaden Reed could not return punts because he's been your punt returner. And that's when they decided to put Samari Torrey back there. And and Samari Torrey just, he looked up. He looked up at the coverage. You never take your eye off the ball. He looked up at the coverage, and that quick the ball got on him. Right through his hands, and down it went, and that was uh, an, an easy seven points for the Minnesota Vikings. But that's you, know, you learn from that because that's the one thing when it comes to punt returns, you just can never take your eyes off the ball. You can kind of glance ahead real quick and find out where the lanes might be, but beyond that, man, you you got to know. you got to have a clock in your head that just says, I'm going to watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball, watch the ball, and if it's got good hang time of four or five seconds, then you – you got to realize just wave your hand, take the fair catch, or let it bounce and head into the end zone. One of the two. But, yeah, he did not uh, He did not fare well. So, But Bo Melton, I, I agree with you. And the thing about Bo Melton that has been so impressive when he's had his opportunities is he fights for the ball, and he fights after the fact. You know, it's like a guy that is – that's a guy that is saying to himself, I don't know where I'm going to be next year. I don't know what I'm going to be next year but I'm going to fight my ass off and put stuff on film so other teams see this. That's what he's doing. It, you know, he, He's had his moments. We become a Bo Melton fan, but is he better than Christian? Is he faster than Christian Watson? Is he a bigger leaper than, say, Jaden Reed? Does he have better hands, better route running capability? Has he got a bigger hand than, say, Malik Heath? You know, is he, is he stronger up top than Dontavian Wicks, the fifth-round draft choice? So I don't think so. But for what he's been asked to do, and and quite frankly, give credit to Matt LaFleur for the ability to actually have him he as a good route runner, scheme him open a little bit too. Because there's a couple of times where it's, it looks like, it looked to me like Minnesota said, ah, that's Bo Melton. Don't worry about him. Just kind of trail him. And all of a sudden, he's making catches. They just like forgot about him. I don't know how. I don't know how, but they just forgot about him. 
But Bo, Bo Melton, man, when he had his opportunities, he certainly made the most of it, without a doubt. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Six catches, 105 yards, a 37-yarder being the longest, and a touchdown? Bo Melton was getting it done. Get, it's like they just forgot. And Reed, before he went down with the injury, he had a big game, 33-yard touchdown catch, plus another one, 89 yards on the day, six catches as well. Average just over 14, almost 15 yards a catch, 14.8, I believe is what it was. So big day for him also. 877-867-1670. Coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to get back into it with uh, our guy Eric Baranchek. He'll continue to break down the film. Until then, we'll continue to talk with you about it as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. As they say, we wish you a happy new year. Point Brewing saying, hey, think, think about it. When you're out buying beverages, think about the Point Lager. The Snow Pilot that's out there right now, the Cider Boys, which is a whole other line, which is fantastic, and many places carrying Cider Boys now. Cider Boys, whether they've got a, a draft line in there or they're selling it in bottles, they have different flavors. They've got the Strawberry Peach Blend. They've got the new Mimosa, but the traditional first press, that's the way to go. That's our friends at Point Brewing. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Had quite a few friends that rang in the new year down at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Had a blast. Had a blast. They said the hotel is spectacular. But if you're thinking about a weekend or maybe now that things are settling down, you just want a night out. Don't forget, they've got the Rock and Brews, uh, the Rock and Roll-oriented, theme-oriented, kiss-oriented uh, restaurant that's inside there now. They've got the Dream Dance Steakhouse, Ryu which is uh, kind of the Asian cuisine side of things. They have street eats, so they've got taco trucks and food trucks and stuff like that that are right inside the place now. And they've got different bars uh, to go to, the 360 bar right in the middle, downstairs. You can find it. They've got the cafe for the morning if you want to go in for a breakfast or something to that effect. Uh, don't forget they have, obviously, the table games, the slots, the bingo, the sports book, everything at Potawatomi, and it's all under one roof because you, you can even stay and play. Right there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. And enjoy yourself downtown uh, Milwaukee at the Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Let's get back at it and uh, get back to the phone calls. 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, by all means, go ahead and uh, do so. Don't forget, uh, coming up bottom of the hour, Eric Brandcheck of the Green Bay Press-Gazette in about 10 minutes. He's going to join us. And we'll talk with him uh, about what he saw and about how this team played and the defense and the changes and the pressures and the stunts and the blitzes and all the things that we actually saw where we've said all along, what the hell? What the hell? So uh, we've seen it happening. Looking forward to it. And we'll talk with him about it uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, This was from Joe. Joe says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, what do you judge a Hall of Fame quarterback on? Uh, He says the comparison that you gave with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers would tell you that Jordan loves a better quarterback. How can you say that he's not a Hall of Famer? I never said he's not. Thanks, Joe, for the email. I never said he's not. What I said was, is I don't know. I don't think so. But when I, Brett Favre got there because of heart. Brett Favre was a tough, tenacious, 
will not be denied, will take chances and risks, and he'll get there because of his tenacity. But also, the, the second part of that question is, when you start talking about wins and postseason appearances and such, Brett Favre had a great team around him. Nobody gets into the Hall of Fame by themselves, okay? You usually have a really good team around you or a good team around you that at least is sustainable. You don't toil away in anonymity. The, the, the only guy that I know that has toiled away in an anonymity but still is a Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas, Anthony Munoz, those two guys. Anthony was at least on a team that went to the Super Bowl, but Joe Thomas was just a beast, dominated his position in an otherwise bad organization, chose to stay there, showed loyalty to them, and he became a Hall of Famer, and very much deservedly so. There's not many guys that go to the Hall of Fame that you look at and go, he wasn't even on a winning team. So Brett Favre had a hell of a team around him. He had really good players. He had a terrific defense. They won games, went to a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl, went to another one. Okay. But he also had incredible numbers. He just was not going to be denied. Aaron Rodgers, from the very first day I met him, you knew there was something special there. You, you just knew it. You could talk to him and understand it because the guy was so inc- – I, I said to him, that day, that very first day that I met him, Sitting at that table having lunch, I said, if your talent is half as good as your mind, you'll be a Hall of Famer. And his talent was even better. But his mind is what, much like a guy like Peyton Manning, his mind is what gave him that ability. Because he just could see things. He could just see it, dissect it, decipher it, and tell everybody offensively what it is they were doing. And knew where the block should be, what was coming, who was picking up what, all of that. You couldn't fool him. You know, it was the old joke was always if you're going to run single high safety against this guy, he's going to eat you up because they had so many weapons. But he also had really good teams around him, right? So when it comes to Jordan Love, I don't know what he's going to be. I know that he has done more than I thought he would, and he's become better than I thought he would. Um, The difference between those two guys and Jordan Love is Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers had extremely big arms, like to the crazy side. Like they could just flick their wrists and it was 70 yards downfield. Lamar Jackson's gotten better. So when you talk about Jordan Love in the sense of uh, can he get better and can he have that big arm, yeah, he can. Lamar Jackson's gotten better. And that, that game against Miami, just watching him, uh, and I've sat down and watched Lamar Jackson before, and he's not always the most accurate of passers. He's just not. But this year, there's something about his game where he, if you saw the 35-yard touchdown pass, he flicked his wrist. It was just a boop, and it was gone. And it was on a laser. I mean, it wasn't like some long, looping, deep ball. This was on a 20-yard high trajectory downfield, and it was impressive. And I even made a note of it at the time, just to make sure I wrote it down and gave him credit for it because that was something we had not seen out of him consistently before. So can Jordan Love progress into that? Maybe he can. I don't know. It would be almost unheard of to have three. It's unheard of. It's never been done before to have three back-to-back-to-back Hall of Famers. So history will tell you that no, he won't be. But who knows? Maybe you put enough around him and enough good receivers, enough good talent, enough good offensive line protection 
then he just becomes this great quarterback. You mentioned uh, Favre and Rodgers and the way the ball just screamed out of their hand. I, yeah. I forget, so I, I would say Packers fans, if you have you know five minutes this week, go back and watch highlights from 2010, 2011, uh, yeah. the first half of that decade, because you forget, you know, Rogers slowed down and his arm got a little smoother. It got more easy going. Go back and watch those early years. It's like his hand has a grenade in it, the way yeah. he just flicks it and the ball just explodes out of there. And we forget watching him the last couple of years. It's not that Jordan Love can't do that, but my, when Rogers and Rogers and Favre, when they were young, the ball just exploded oh, out yeah. of their hand. It, it just flies. And, and and when we've talked about one of the downfalls, if you will, of Jordan Love, he has gotten better at the downfield pass, no doubt. But one of the downfalls for him has been with all the passing downfield that they've done, he hasn't been accurate. Or it's been high-lofted looping balls that have just said, guys, go get it. It hasn't been dropping it in the bucket consistently. So if, that, if you want to look at a downfall of his, that's something that he needs to get better at. But – that comes with time, and that comes with better footwork. And when he has lost his footwork, he hasn't been as good. I know that people say all the time, well, look at what Favre and Rodgers did, throwing off their back foot, but not early on. And even early on, they still had the arm strength and the accuracy to do it when they did it, but they didn't do it early on. Right? Once you get comfortable and get into your habits and rhythms and such, then it becomes more of a, a fluid thing. Right now, you've just got Jordan Love, who's just off his mark, and he's just he, – that you know, was one of the things we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was he, or three, four, five weeks ago, was he had the hops. He wasn't really planning his feet. He wasn't keeping his base, and now he is, and he's more accurate in doing so. Uh, let's go to Court listening to us in Whitewater. Court, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, I'm good, Bill. Happy New Year to you. Uh, you you too, pal. Um, thanks. I appreciate it. The one thing I just want to slow up just a little bit. I, I get, I know everybody wants to throw the comparisons out between Rogers and Barb and Love, but let's let Jordan Love have a little time to be Jordan Love because this is sure. this is fun to sure. watch right now. You know, a, a lot of people probably didn't think this was going to happen. Some people thought it might, but the bottom line is he's he's having a, a very successful year. He's coming along, progressing nicely. So let's just let it ride, enjoy this ride, let him be him for a few years before you really want to dive into this conversation whether he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers or, or Brett Favre. Maybe all he has to do is be the next Jordan Love, and he can take us somewhere. And with that said, I bet after this year, I want to get your take on this. He's probably in line for a payday, and I don't know how big it's going to be and how many years it's going to be, but he's definitely going to be the quarterback of the future. I 100% agree. Uh, I think he's going to get paid. I don't know what the contract is going to be. I know some people have talked about maybe a Daniel Jones level of contract where you get about $160 million, four years or what have you, and then you backload it a little bit. Uh, that way, if you got to get out of it, you can. But I, I think that's kind of the area that he's going to be looking at for four years. Maybe you can get out of it after two or three but I think they're going to they're gonna get – now, the other thing to remember is if you're going to get into an average salary of $40 million a year, that also puts you right back into the salary cap jail via a quarterback, and I don't want to see them do that either. So I think both sides have to realize what – because Jordan Love's probably looking at it as, hey, I've already been here three, four years. I don't want to wait another three years for a big payday, so now I want it. I want my money. Whereas the Packers are thinking, hey, we want to be able to get enough flex flexibility – to put good talent around you, and then as these guys come up, we can pay them. You want to make sure that you can have Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and, and uh, you know, Jaden Reed and, and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave and all these guys. Once they all start coming due, they're all going to come due at the same time. 
you're going to have to pay these well, guys. So you don't want to put yourself in I, salary cap jail via your quarterback either. I agree with that 100%. And that's why maybe, like you said, maybe a smaller deal with a little bit of money right now to help him out because you're still getting a, a lot of production out of guys like, well, obviously, Bull Melton, Don Javion Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, and they're all on rookie contracts yet. But they're going to come due in three years or so. But maybe you can sneak something in for a couple of years with this guy and make him happy and then see how it all falls into place where you got to pay everybody as you move forward. And like you might, be, might have been saying earlier, uh, you also got to address Aaron Jones because I still think he's a big part of this team. He is by yeah. far your playmaker on the team. So you got to have him back as well. Yep. No, I would agree. I would agree. Appreciate the phone call. 877-867-1670, You want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. When we come back, going to talk with Eric Branchak of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's going to join us, and we'll break down the film and what we saw uh, on Sunday night as the Packers ended up knocking off the Minnesota Vikings. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends, Nice Ash Cigar Bar. Went down there over the weekend. And that's about as crowded as I've ever seen it. It was packed uh, on Friday and Saturday. I don't know if everybody was just out uh, because they were anticipating maybe staying at home for parties and watching the Packers game on Sunday. But Nice Ash was packed, and the music was just killing it. They had Zeno and Joe down there. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Had a a couple of nice uh, little tastes of uh, some bourbon down there. Had uh, one beer to wash it down. We had a spotted cow, actually, to wash it down with, and it just enjoyed the night. Nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they have music. And the rest of the time, just sit back, relax, enjoy some of the games that are on the tubes, and enjoy your time down there. That's Nice Ash, theniceash.com. More of the Bill Michaels Show, Eric Branchek. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're getting closer. Our friends at Stenny's, second and national Walker's Point. But uh, the new one coming to Lake Country, can't wait for. They're getting close, getting close. We will uh, be announcing at some point when we're going to be doing our uh, broadcast from there. Hopefully it's uh, right there during March Madness. But uh, nevertheless, Stenny's and uh, in Lake Country, going to be opening soon as well. But uh, Stenny, second to National Walker's Point, don't forget, if you're going to go down there, you can always take the shuttle to anything, whether it's a Bucks game, Marquette game, Admirals game, some of the concerts and such downtown. Also, once the Brewers get back at it, Brewers as well. So many, many, many different uh, things going on down at Stenny, second to National Walker's Point. We'll see you out at Lake Country eventually as well. Joining us on the hotline, our guy Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, is here also uh, after further review of the podcast. Uh, so Eric, first of all, happy new year, pal. We certainly appreciate you being here and, uh, boy, Joe Barry, all of a sudden looked a little bit different in that contest against the Minnesota Vikings. First of all, happy new year, Bill. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a a fun, fun 20 minutes. Um, Hey, so, you know, Joe, listen, I'm with you. I am not going to give this guy a stay of execution. Um, I, I think there's a there's a piece of the puzzle that I think a lot of people are missing, and you know here the the Vikings are had a rough season with quarterbacks, 
right? You know, you, you lose cousins, and then it just because it's domino effect from there. Here you are going into a, a really big game against your arch enemy, playoff spot on the line, pretty much. You know, let's just face it, playoff spot on the line, and that head coach decides, hey, we're going to start this fifth round pick rookie quarterback. Can you imagine the air, the sound of the air deflating out of that locker room on Friday right. morning? I, I can't. I, I mean, so I, I'm not giving the guy a stay of execution. They played a little bit better team defense, which showed up. But you got to remember, they had a rookie quarterback going in the first half that stunk up the joint. And by that point, it was out of hand. There was nothing they could do. And, you know, so for me, that's the point where I, you know, great offense looks fantastic. Defense looked better. There were some some things to look at that was better, but let's remember you're facing a rookie quarterback in the first half, and I give zero credit to the defensive coordinator for doing, you know, for letting those guys give up three points. Should have gave up a point. Period. Right, right. No, I, I look. I, I agree. I I saw a few things different. I thought Quay Walker played better. Uh, obviously the, the rush on the ends played better. Although early on in that contest, I still saw Rashawn Gary got sucked in again. I mean, just crashing down. Just like, are you kidding me? Yes. I I know. I have a couple of high school buddies and stuff and, you know, we go back and forth during the game and we're all throwing stuff at the TV. Go, are you kidding me? You know? So I, I've got an 11 year old son who plays, who, you know, he's playing football now. It's kind of like bumper cars, but it's still kind of cool. So I had to stop that play. And I said, listen, cause he plays the end. And I'm like, listen, this is what you don't do. Remember dad telling you, you never go screaming in. You always have contained. This is what happens. I don't know if it sunk in or not, but certainly didn't sink in to Rashawn Gary. He's 20-something making millions of dollars. I don't know. It's, it's just strange. So what do, do, what do we draw from not having Jair Stokes, which uh, is kind of an enigma, and now he goes back to the IR and his season, for all intents and purposes, is over. Uh, Devondre Campbell's still banged up, and yet without Rasul, without Stokes, without Jair, without Campbell, they played better. What do we draw from that? They, they played a rookie quarterback. That's exactly the only thing you can draw. Okay. I mean, they, they doubled Justin Jefferson. They bracketed him uh, laterally yep. and top and bottom. That was fine, good enough. I mean, they did enough. They were good, they, they were good against the run, and, but then they got out of it, and that defense – is really designed and it's really good when the Packers are ahead by two touchdowns. That's the right defense that you can play. And they happened and they could go out and just go out and look okay. So I take zero anything away from it because of the fact they played a rookie quarterback and they should not have uh, been in that spot, you know. So, yes, it looked better on paper. It's better. The defense performed better. But you know what? This is going to be a different week. Uh, and if they're able to get by Chicago, then, you know, Katie Bartador, let's see what happens. The, the truth of the matter is that when this defense gets turnovers, the offense is good enough to save the game. Um, if they don't get turnovers, you kind of see what happens against, you know, against the Giants, against the Bucks. You know, it's ugly. So they got to get turnovers somehow, some way. It's going to come from the guys on the, with their hands on the ground um, and playing good team defense at the line of scrimmage. And then they can survive. But uh, there's there's not a lot you can take from this game. Had they been playing Kirk Cousins and done this, okay, a different story. But this is let's let's look at this. This is they're playing a rookie quarterback and then a guy who threw four picks the week before. 
Um, I, I want to go back to the first meeting between these two teams because the Packers really kind of dominated that game for the most part as well. And then obviously Kirk Cousins goes down with a busted up ACL and doesn't play the rest of the season. But, you know, for people that say, well, it was just all because they played well or because it was a bad quarterback, they actually played pretty good against him the first time around, correct? It was a closer game, and I, you know, closer than you would expect it to be, probably. Uh, but I, I, some of it is too the, the Vikings' offensive line is not where it used to be. Um, it's, there's there's some struggles there, and the good news is the Packers are going to be facing a team this week coming up that had struggles at offensive line too. Uh, you know, especially so it should be a game where Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness, and, and uh, the old guy Smith is able to just clean up, you know, especially with the way that Kenny Clark is playing right now and the two young bucks that are playing opposite him when they're a nickel. So those guys, it should be a really exciting game for those guys to get some pressure on the quarterback. And history is going to suggest a couple things, that they can do the the way that you got to play that quarterback is by hemming them in. Now it's going to take some some – a little bit of discipline from Rashawn Gary. Ingambari, in my book, I just wrote him off. Uh, you know, if I were the coaching staff, you put Van Ness as the next man up. Keep Ingambari on the field unless you really got to give somebody a breather because he's proven he doesn't he doesn't believe in team defense. He just runs around um, and and just hem this guy in the pocket. Make him throw the ball. He's going to throw picks that way. And if he does run up the ball, you better get a hat on him because. I think the stats are correct. If I saw him the right ones this morning, it's like every 12 time, times he runs his ball, he puts it on the ground. So get a hat on the guy and get after him primarily with A-gap, B-gap pressures from the defensive tackles and send Quay Walker because they've been effective with him. They fire a backer in A and B-gaps as long as the outside backers are doing their job and they're getting to the top of the drop and not going past the quarterback and leaving a big lane for the quarterback to escape because he can run the ball. So it's going to be one of those games, kind of like how they played Mahomes. Talking with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, breaking down the Packers film, and also you can hear his stuff on the After uh, Further Review podcast with uh, Pete Doherty as well. So let's go back to uh, the offensive side of the football. First of all, I thought Jordan Love played extremely well. But tell me something real quick. Uh, Does this engine go if Aaron Jones goes? Because he looks like he's healthy and as quick as he ever has been. For sure. And it's two things. When you go back and look at the season, when they had, they, there's two guys that on that offense they need to have to make it go. And what it does in the passing game is with Christian Watson. If he's on the field and Jones isn't, they can make the offense go because of this, because Christian Watson creates space in the secondary. If he's not there, it's got to be Aaron Jones. And if both of them are there and both are healthy, then, you know, wow, that's a defensive coordinator's nightmare because they got guys who can catch the ball and, and, who aren't dropping the balls, you know, early in the season, they're, they're, mm-hmm. everybody was dropping the balls. They're not doing that now, but you're correct in the fact that even, I think it was a foregone conclusion in many people's minds that Aaron Jones at the end of the season was going to be, you know, so long, nice seeing you, but my mood kind of changed. My process and my thought process kind of changed as well over the last two games when he, he's running healthy right now. And he is a difference maker and you look at the stature of that fellow, you think, okay, he's a he's a C gap perimeter runner, uh, catching balls out of the backfield. But when he runs between the tackles, his vision is so good, and his ability to quick is or to cut is so quick that he creates things that happens that most other running backs can't do. Especially, you know, AJ Dillon. You see him; he's a downhill straight guy. 
This guy, they block everything. They zone block everything to the left. He's going that way, and he sees a linebacker over pursued by a half a gap or a gap. He puts his foot in the ground, and he goes. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, some of the guys, even the younger running backs in the league can't do that. And that's, that's special. That's always what made him special. And not only that, that he's got the speed to take it. So you really like the way that um, – what the, the things that he brings to the offense because what it does is it opens up things downfield because linebackers can't just thumb their nose. Now they got to play at home. They can't just dive outside linebackers and stuff. Can't just dive down to the ball when it's handed off to Dylan. They got to stay home. Otherwise he's going to bust them on out for 15, 20, 30 yards. Uh, I want to ask you about Jordan Love and the accuracy because it seems like downfield has gotten a lot better. Do you agree with that? hundred um, percent. And I think a lot of it just happens, comes down to um, a couple of things. One, he still has some misfires and every quarterback does, you know, you look at everybody wants to compare him to Rogers and, and Favre and Rogers had a time there where he got a little arm arrogant as well and started whipping the ball around and wasn't as accurate. We remember those years. Um, but it looks to me like his footwork has cleaned up a little bit when he gets sloppy you know, that's when it, it it goes south on him. But his accuracy, you know, where I would like to see his accuracy improve is going to be the verticals, the deep verticals. It seems like he the post, he can throw that one pretty good. He can throw the corner pretty good. But just the deep seam verticals or a vertical along the sideline seems to still be a, a struggle. And that's that can be fixed, no doubt. Um, but it just for whatever reason, that's the only spot where it's like, man, if you could hit a couple of those verticals up the sideline or in the seam would really change the dimension of the, of the offense, but you can't just let the guys go, you know, so you gotta, you gotta stay with them you know, on the defense. So that's, so by having Watson in there in wicks and stuff, that's going to create the space. They got to make that throw downfield, even if he misses it, just to keep the defense honest and keep those safeties honest. So they're not screaming up on the run game or more importantly, coming up on the, on the shallow crossers, um, and some of that kind of stuff. What did you make of Bo Melton's performance? Because as much as we said, like, man, guys were running wide open, it's almost like Joe Barry was coordinating the, the the defense of the Minnesota Vikings. Bo Melton also had a big game. But what was so baffling to me was you had two defensive backs covering the same guy, and, uh, you know, others are running wide open. Now, whether it goes back to the fact that the air went out of the room, like you stated when they announced, hey, the rookie quarterback is going to make the start, or the Packers did so much to disguise what it is they were doing, but I could not believe how guys, specifically a guy like Bo Melton, was running so wide open. Well, it's just a, I mean, that's just you know, kind of an embarrassment of riches, right? You know, you got, you got Dobbs, and you got to cover, you got to take away him. You know, if, I, if I'm a D coordinator, I'm standing up here and I'm looking at this team. First of all, we got to, we got to, we got to stop the run, okay, and we got to stop Dobbs, and then. In most cases, you're as a defensive coordinator, you're feeling pretty good. Well, you know what? You got a, that stinking tight end came out of nowhere. We got to worry about him. And there's a bunch of other guys that are catching the ball, and they're all hungry. They all want contracts. They all are are playing better. And for whatever reason, they all kind of like ascended at the same time here. So he just kind of was the guy that well, we're not going to worry about this guy as much. And and you know, he just made the most of his opportunities, except for the one that bounced off his shoulder pad. Um, other than that, you know, he was pretty good. And I think you can put all those guys in a hat. You know, Duntavian Wicks had head games. Um, you know, obviously, Dobb, Watson, they all have, have big games. And it's the defense, you can't, take, you can't take away everybody. 
And you know what? He happened to be the guy that nobody spent a lot of time worrying about. Hey, we're just going to trail him. We're just going to stay close. Maybe you'll pick one off. He's going to drop it. He ain't very fast anyway, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. He's the last target on the list, and, you know, they made the best of it. And that is a kudos to uh, to Jordan Love and to Matt LaFleur to understand that and have a guy that they felt comfortable on this. Hey, we're going to wing it to him and see what happens. Eric, great stuff as always, pal. We appreciate it. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to the weekend. If the Packers can get the win and find themselves in the postseason, that would be huge. A great turnaround from where this season was headed after the DeVito game and the Tampa Bay game. So, no doubt. Oh, Good I mean, stuff, buddy. Think about this. This is a Bears game at the last game of the season that actually means something. This is going to be right. an exciting event for Packer fans, man. And, and not only that, just for the whole – you know, Bear Packer rivalry. This is this is a good game, and it, and you know it could go either way. But you know, the, the, for the Packers to get up early, I think that's going to help things out. But uh, uh, and then just hang on to win. But if they get down a little bit, I don't think that defense has got enough. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, buddy. And then we'll dissect right. the good. end of the season hopefully later in a couple of weeks. But uh, hopefully next week we're talking about a dominating performance as well. Good stuff, pal. All right, take care. Appreciate it. There you go. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Good to get his perspective. Like I said, it was just it, – it was weird. You had a guy like Bo Melton running wide open in so many different facets, and it was just a different defense, a different defensive look for the Minnesota Vikings. And I guess there is something to be said when you're going to start that uh, fourth string, the rookie quarterback, and it kind of takes the air out of the room as you've got a team that's still in some way, shape, or form vying for the postseason. And then all of a sudden, it seems like you're somewhat conceding. So I, I, I completely get it. Hey, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, it's a Taco Tuesday. Don't forget, it's Tuesday. Uh, even though we're starting our work week, it's a Tuesday. So they said, hey, reminder, coming up tonight, Taco Tuesday with a lot of different trivia and such uh, going on over at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee. Stop in, tell them we said. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a new year. We're not done. We're just starting. Not like the holiday seasons are over. You still got what? Super Bowl, playoffs, baseball. Then you start thinking about the summer months. Oh, boy. Our friends at Master Z's reminding you they've got something for all of that, whether you're going to have the family gathering, say, for Super Bowl or the playoffs, and you come over, you got the game on, you're shooting some pool, playing some shuffleboard, bumper table, bumper pool, whatever it happens to be, throwing darts, or if you're already starting to think about the outdoor season, get into Master Z's because they have everything from fire pits, uh, both wood and gas burning, grills, accessories, patio furniture, umbrellas, whatever it is you need, they've got it. That's our friends at Master Z's. Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Something for everybody and all the accessories in a huge, huge showroom. So stop in, tell Rob and everybody we said hello because uh, I'm going to get over there myself, as a matter of fact. i got a couple of things I want to pick up for around the house. But call them, 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931 for all of the in-store specials. And people come from all over because the quality of this stuff is so good, so good. That's Master Z's on Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I'll see you there. Uh, we've got two more hours yet to go. We're going to hear some from inside of the Green Bay Packers locker. I'm going to hear from Matt LaFleur. going to hear from some of the guys after the game. And uh, obviously moving forward, it is Bears week. We are officially now in Bears week. Packers back in the practice field tomorrow. 
and uh, we'll get uh, you know some Mike Clemens and such later on as well. But uh, nevertheless, uh, tomorrow Packers back on the practice field. Uh, this one's from uh, Mike, who says Al has been the defensive back coach for Kansas City and Dallas, an NFL coach for ten years. Okay, he's only been in Dallas for a few. That was my point. It's not like he's uh, been a defensive coordinator before or anything like that. He's been a D-backs coach. I get it, but and you're correct. But, yeah, he's only been in Dallas for a few. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Michael says, uh, wow, I was just uh, typing Johnny Holland. I emailed you his name about a month ago. Mike, I've always been kind of a Johnny Holland guy. When you start to look at some of the more successful defenses in the National Football League that have been consistent, specifically with consistent linebacker play, he's one of the guys that I've always kind of focused on. So, Mike, thanks for the email. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. We got two hours down, two hours yet to go. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.